1: Welcome to another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. We always aim to bring you the most interesting guests that we can, and usually those folks are going to be prominent in the local martial arts scene as well. We really lucked out in finding DeWan Dirty South Owens because he checks both of those boxes. In addition to being one of the best MMA fighters that North Carolina has produced, and a high-level Jiu-Jitsu competitor as well, DeWan is also one of the more interesting figures in the scene. A former high-level B-boy and chess player, DeWan has traveled the world in the U.S. Marines, and now has a new project that's going to take him overseas again to benefit people in Uganda. We talked about it a little bit on the Facebook page this week, and we'll link to Dewan's generosity page, which will help you crowdfund his trip, but he's going to be teaching self-defense seminars, teaching MMA and jiu-jitsu seminars, and generally talking to folks all throughout Uganda in an effort to bring the transformative power of the martial arts over there. You'll hear Dewan talk about that in the interview, how he first came to do that work, and why it's so important to him. But I would also encourage you to go to the page we'll link to in the comments on this show and check it out so you can help out if so moved. I always have a good time talking to Duan, and just to preview the show, not only do we talk about this really positive thing he's doing over in Africa, but he also calls out a fighter that he says is ducking him, talks about why he feels like self defense has to start with the individual but also extend to social and cultural change as well and maybe we'll throw in a few surprises like for example him announcing his next MMA fight without intending to but there are some exciting things planned for Dewan if you want to keep up with the show you can follow us on Twitter at dwb radio on Instagram at dirty white belt you can use the hashtag dwbbjj both of those places to keep up with us if you like the show please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and if you like us leave us a review Without further ado, let's get to Dewan Dirty South Owens. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company. Toro BJJ produces the highest quality gi's, rash guards, and grappling supplies for every Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. You can check them out online at ToroBJJ.com. Our thanks to Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for making our featured interview possible. So let's get to it. So we're back in the studio with DeWan Dirty South Owens. So you- always great to have you around, man. You Thank were, you, brother. Thank you. You were here for one of the first ever uh, podcasts, and so it's lovely to have you back on and have you uh, talk about some of the exciting projects you got. No doubt. I appreciate that, man. My girls were here on that one also, so you know they you know, they were trying to piggyback uh, this morning, but my wife was like, no, no, y'all stay with me, so it's all it's all good. <laughs> well, they, the, your girls recorded one of my favorite uh, concussion cast promos of all time, so we'll have to have them in and have them do the dirty some white d- Dirty White yes, Belt Radio yes, promos. we will do. So this is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. I'm in the studio with Dewan Owen dirty south a successful pro mma fighter rock hunter uh and now uh, international humanitarian and so we want to talk about this project that you're doing in uganda and so maybe we can talk about how you got started and how you met abrams tekya who is one of the guys that's uh, that's involved for
0: sure so yeah this this project uh now because i had obviously you understand know, we we uh, started a crowdfunding campaign so because of that i had to create a name for it so it's called fighting for uganda uh, initially it wasn't uh, a project In a traditional sense It was just something That I was doing You know I wasn't planning on You know Making it a huge public thing Besides my, my, my friends on Facebook Let them know Hey this is where I'm going This is what I'm doing But About six months ago Well Matter of fact Let me, let me back it up a little bit more A good friend of mine Adisa Ben Hoko He started the Hip Hop Chess Federation And uh, we met Became real tight And uh, long story short myself and another guy who uh works in chapel hill uh vince bayon we run the east coast chapter of hip-hop chess federation okay so some uh, instagram has like an algorithm where i guess the type of things that you're into these are the type of things that'll show up into your your feed so we started teaching some hip-hop chess in a few schools y.e smith it's uh it's not a magnet school it's called a a museum school never heard of that but they basically they can go to museums for free a couple times. Uh, a, a month and um they basically have the type of control over the curriculum that a charter school has which basically they can do whatever they want so i, I began teaching my, my hip-hop chess federation course there you know on fridays so that's when i started making it more more of a i guess a, a club type thing or an event type thing than an actual something that's put in practice in schools right so anyway you know, um on instagram I started I got in contact with a guy named Abraham Tekia and he runs an organization called Breakdance Project Uganda. So we you know we not only did we hit it off fast, but initially we realized, okay, Hip Hop Chess Federation, Breakdance Project Uganda, we both were using hip hop pedagogy, we're both using hip hop as a tool to teach. Okay. So obviously breakdancing is, you know, an aspect of, of hip hop, the hip hop culture. And also I, I I used to be a breakdancer you know, a b-boy. I was heavy, heavy, heavy. In the scene when I was in high school. So that, you know, that love never, uh, you know, that, that never goes away. I mean, I probably can't do half the things I used to do. I'll, you know, probably break something, but, you know, uh, that spirit, that B boy spirit is there. So we hit it off on Instagram and, uh, you know, we're just talking back and forth, back and forth, trying to put some things in place. And then <clears throat> one day I was like, man, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna come. I'm just, I'm just gonna go. You know, I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna give. Anything I can any Anything Whether it's any resources Any knowledge any Whatever I can do I'm gonna go So you know We started talking about uh, A lot of different things We could do He started telling me about Some uh, some of the issues there And I was like Well you know what I can do these seminars You know what I mean I can teach some Self defense seminars I can teach You know We can have round table Discussions with men I can obviously You know Help and um, attend The, the breaking lessons But they have B-boys there They have break there That are much more Better than They're active Right So um so i went and then uh you know initially i was only going to teach a few seminars when i say words spread like fire I, man we we might have did i don't know we definitely did well over 10 seminars but so initially the majority of them were self defense seminars but there was a small MMA community and the kickboxing community, they were like, you know, hey, you know, teach us, teach us the good stuff, you know, so I taught some MMA seminars, some grappling seminars, and... Um, was this all in the big city, or did you get out around? No, out? no, we we traveled the country, so now granted, when I say country, <coughs> uh, Africa is uh it's, it's, it's not a country, it's a lot of different countries, so the country, Uganda, is about the size of a state, okay, about the size of North Carolina, I was going saying. so we traveled all around the country, just teaching, I mean, I'm talking boarding schools all girls boarding schools everywhere so the more uh the more seminars i did because the self-defense seminars were priority to me the more i started creating like a more of a curriculum and then i started tying in things that i'd learned from some gender studies classes things that i've read uh women that i've talked to and really incorporating this and it's like man this is really this is really something so uh obviously um a good portion of the seminar was techniques but Adding in the social element is is what I think made it unique to a lot of things that I had seen. So we had roundtable discussions. We talked about hypermasculinity. We talked about victim blaming. We talked about uh, rape culture. Um, and unfortunately, like the, the 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 ignorance revolving, I mean, uh, revolving around what we assume is and is not rape is 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 is, is pretty archaic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, coming up, we just think of. Uh, a man in a burglar outfit in the bushes jumping out grabbing somebody and pulling the man but you and as you know you know that's not that's not the case so we started doing these uh in addition to the seminars we started speaking to the men talking to the men about men's role in respecting and protecting women and we're talking about the, the you know non predatory men obviously right because if we're 100% honest about it and just blunt how how do you stop you know the majority of let's just say sexual violence the majority of it it is male on female right mm-hmm. so let's you know we don't have to play the oh well, sometimes men get okay we we, we understand that mm-hmm. but, but how do we stop that we don't we, we tell men not to rape we teach men not to rape right we don't say you know hey women you should do this you should do that you should do this now granted there are, you know, we do want to improve the percentages. One thing Seth always says when he's teaching teaching something, he says, oh, it's not going to work all the time, but if, this, if the percentage is here, I want to take it to there. So that same concept applies. We can put some things in place, but ultimately, if we really want to, you know, do some real work
1: and change this, is changing the uh, hearts, minds, mentality, and knowledge of the men. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in curriculum development for stuff like this, and I want you to walk us through some of these seminars, okay. but I think that's a I mean the point you make is a, is a really salient one where if you if if all you want to do of course people should be able to sh- should learn self defense of right. course women should be able to defend themselves but if you really right. want to make a difference you know the the sort of demand side of course you have to change the culture of course and so what what's a typical seminar of the uh, like all right so
0: uh one we had a few co-ed seminars which I which I do like because I like uh the the feel of again you know most men are bigger, so you know I want to, you know, have some women used to the feel of someone maybe grabbing them from a body lock, this position, or you know the uh, front one-handed choke in front two-handed choke position so a lot of these techniques we did are things that i've learned some of them are from jujitsu a lot of it is from things that i learned in in the military you know what i mean so I, so it just kind of worked together and obviously because i i fight professionally I, I do a lot of different martial arts so it's like i take this i leave that i take this i leave that i like this i like that so it's not really centered around a specific martial art in terms of um you know techniques it's a it, uh, it's incorporation of, of a lot of them. Um, but the first thing we do is we, we I talk for like 30 minutes. Once I got in the real groove of it that's a couple seminars, we talk for about 30 minutes and we talk about uh, what sexual violence is, right? We also talk about situational awareness because that's another common misconception. Uh, <laughs> one of my, my best, best friends, I, you know, I love her dearly. She's, you know, she's a feminist and this is, uh, you know, obviously this is something that's very important to her. So where we differ at, in opinion, you know, she, you know, and let me put it like this, in a perfect world, a woman should be able to walk around butt naked at two o'clock in the morning and, and, and be perfectly fine. She should be able to do that. Right. But we don't live in a perfect world. So, you know, talking to women about certain, you know, things to put in place. I don't always I don't consider that Victim blame. I understand why, how someone can feel like that, especially with this coming from me. I mean, I am a man, so it shouldn't matter who it's coming from. But when you are in the oppressor group, like a better word, oppressor class, and it's coming from you, it can seem like, oh, you're victim blaming by saying a woman shouldn't do this, a woman shouldn't do that. So we talk about situational awareness, right? How can I lower the percentage of even being in this situation? And again, this goes back to my, you know, some things I learned in the Marine Corps. Um, we talked about <clears throat> accepting drinks um, in open containers You know We talked about uh, I guess we'll be the equivalent To a buddy system When you go out You know You go out with this many women This is how many You come back with And then uh, And then we 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 ease into The men's role In respecting Protecting And accountability Because like you said It's about the culture Right And a culture is developed By uh, Norms being set And norms are set When uh, Lack of a better word I don't want to you know Curse on here But You can when, Okay When when bullshit Is not checked Right. So you're around a group of guys. Someone says something, something out the way. And, and when no one calls them on that, then like, OK, I guess that's acceptable. Right. Mm-hmm. So from an MMA perspective, I'm, I'm going to jump back onto the seminars. But <clears throat> obviously, there's a lot of, you know, I in the gym. But this a recent situation. You know, I'm at a gym. Uh, no name. But I'm at a gym. There's a lot of men around and someone says something that was just incredibly. I mean, oh, God, it, it was vile. Right, sex, but of course he, you know, he does the halfway joke and halfway serious thing. And I'm, you know, I, I called him on it hard. I called him on it, and then he's like, uh, "Oh no, I'm just." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're, but you're not joking. No, you're not." joking. I said, "That's not cool. It's stupid." And then, oh man, you just went, "No, I'm not in." And I, like, I held his, mm-hmm. I held him to the fire. And then, and then the other uh, my teammates, they jumped in, like, "Yeah, man, that's that's pretty stupid, man. This and that." And then after that, you know, he's looking, he apologizes and that. But that is how. And I'm not, you know, saying that oh, odd, you know, stop this man from saying this, but that is how uh, norms are set. You know what I mean? And accountability is important. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of times, and I talk to my wife about this a lot of times. <clears throat> when we talk about children, we really get on their case when we talk about peer pressure, right? Like, oh, you, you know, don't worry about what your friends think, and don't worry. Oh, n- listen, adults. F- are fall heavily, heavily prey to peer press. There's power in that, right? There's power in shame too. Shame isn't always a, a negative thing, right? You know what I mean? Because everyone, I don't care who you are, you want to be respected in your social circle. So I'm not saying you care about everybody, but within your, whatever your peer group is, their opinion of you matters. So using that as a tool is, uh, you know, important. So these are some things we talked about initially because I really wanted to set the tone for what we're doing, Right. <clears throat> then we get into a lot of techniques and these are just some common, uh, common from, from, uh, my research from some common positions, right? Body lock from the front, body lock from the back, these choking positions, because if we're, if we're uh, statistically speaking, a lot of times, uh, someone is removed from a, a, a public arena, a public situation. Maybe they're, you know, they're pulled into a vehicle, they're pulled into a, uh they're pulled into an alley or something like that or, or, or you know, grip breaks too. someone grabs your wrist because usually they're trying to control your body to take you somewhere where they're not people around. They're not witnesses. Right. So doing a lot of these things. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, even, you know, vocalize your, your voice. You know, a lot of times people, you know, someone who is attacking. As a matter of fact, that's the point of an alarm. Right. So if you're screaming, technically, that's your that's your human alarm. Right. So when you don't scream or when you don't do certain things, you're actually helping. Well, I help it. You're making it easier or not as hard as you could make it for the predator. Right. Because no one wants to be caught. Right. So it's, it's like you and I are robbing a bank or something. And, and initially before well, we're about to rob a bank. So before we start, you're like, yo, the one this this don't feel right. Let's bail. Let's get out of here. Let's not even go through with this because this is seeming kind of kind of risky. So we do a little bit of talking, we do a uh, few uh, common uh, initial positions that, you know, maybe these type of us all start at. And then we also go into uh, what the goal is, because a lot of times a common misconception is people feel like, you know, they should retaliate. Or they still, but now you're putting yourself back into the fire. Ultimately, your goal is to stay alive and get away. Right. Not retaliate on this person for what they tried to do. Let the authorities handle that. Let, you know, maybe some other people handle that, right? I'm not judging, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, our priority, you know, our priority is getting away. So a lot a of, lot of talking, a lot of discussion, a lot of implementing, a lot of learning and unlearning and unlearning right uh one small example there was a brother and good dude from what i i know anyway he i think we were talking about you know marriage i don't know how this came up but he was like oh well, some someone can can rape their wife and he was like you know brother, like mm-hmm. 19 i'm like yes mm-hmm. yes someone can rape their wife what, what do you mean and he's like oh i just you know they're married, so I thought. And this dude is not saying this with malicious intent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know. So then that's when I really, this was a niche This was one of the earlier seminars. That's when I realized that's when it really hit me. Like, okay, we gotta we gotta add some discussion to this thing, right? We really gotta add some discussion to this thing. So, so that's pretty much the bulk of it. A lot of uh, explaining,
1: teaching, uh, discussion, and techniques. Mm-hmm. So if you want to support the project, you can go to generosity.com and search for Fighting for Uganda or search for Dewan's name. We're also going to put a link into the show page. And so if you're if you're able to support, we certainly, you know, certainly would encourage you to do that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Any Anyone. Uh, well, first things first, if, even liking it on I, I post on my page, liking it, sharing it. That's, that does a lot, you know. Maybe someone will see that, and uh, you know, any any amount is 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 great, you know. Five dollars, ten dollars, or the, you know, don't put less than a dollar on there. Just don't even. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't even know if you can't put less than a dollar on there, but yeah, anything a dollar. That look, it's. I promise you, I will squeeze the juice out of this. Everybody that knows me; knows I'm the most frugal person in the world. So I will, I will, you know. And this is certainly a stretch. labor of love for you, right? In oh life. yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I I have my. Um, you know I have a lot of reasons for you know why I do this type of work and you know regardless of if anyone feels exact same way it it is very important to me to to do what I can to use any position of uh, power that I have to empower other people it's very important to me it's it's probably the most important thing, uh, you know, to me, besides my family, of course.
1: And, and so, you know, and I want to talk about that empowerment. Like, the community has really responded to this. You raised a bunch of money just yes, in a few yes. days. But, you know, you and I have talked about in previous interviews, like, you—, you you, the martial arts are arts, and, right. and art is very important to you, oh, yeah. personally, but also as a tool to empower other people mm-hmm. and in terms of educating other mm-hmm. people. And so, I'm wondering if you could say a little bit about, you know, how you see the role of other art forms in this trip, the role of other art forms in your life, and how that interacts with you as a martial artist. Yeah, uh,
0: art is art is powerful. You know, art art is. I mean, wow, we've got a really. When we think about, if I could, you know, go. Switch gears real quick to' still on the same um question when we think about educate, education educating children and we think about how we educate children and what is uh the standards uh, measurements for for educating children you know art forms for some reason are not really in the equation right you know when we think about intelligence raw intelligence i q you know what I mean intelligence quotient we don't really think about uh emotional intelligence which is i mean I'm not even going to say equally important. It's even more important, right? Uh, and, um, you know, just finding our our humanity, I think art really uh, strips. It allows people to to see things outside of who they are and their experiences, right? Because the type of person you are is going to majority, a big bulk of that is going to be predicated on your life experiences, right? But your life experiences sometimes are predicated on the situations that you have had, and that a lot of times is dictated by things that are totally out of your control. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a white heterosexual male in America, or I'm a a poor Mexican woman who is illegally here, or I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a black male in you know, I don't know rural America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 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 our experiences shape us sometimes. So even obviously you have different types of people. You have you know if we could just be uh, cut and dry. With it. let's say we have good and bad, and obviously we've got a million degrees in between. But for discussion's sake, it's almost like good and bad. That tie also ties in heavily into your experience. Okay, how am I gonna take this experience and what am I gonna do with it? You know what I mean. So when I think about art, and like you said, we talked about it before, uh, breakdancing. You know, dance dancing in general, it's art. Jiu jitsu and even MMA. I literally think of that as art. I, I want to put on a show. When I'm talking about that, I know when I, you know, I, I make my post. people say, oh, yeah, you want to put on I'm not just saying I, I really want to. I want to look good mm-hmm. doing it. I, I want to fight the way I want to see people fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it's entertaining. You know, I want to, you know what I mean? If, if someone's painting, they want to put their spirit on it. You can't get a machine. You can get a machine
1: and teach them how to how to paint, but just knowing they came from seeing you know oh, there ain't, there's no real soul in that. So I have, I have two follow up questions and like so one of you know as many listeners of the podcast know you're also a high level chess player chess has been very important to you for I, years I do my thing a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Chess has always seemed to me to be very mechanical, yeah. and I'm wondering, like as opposed to something like breakdancing, which is very creative, free-flowing art mm-hmm. form, do you see that distinction? Do you see chess as more of a science than an art, or, or, or is it just another art to you? I, I see it exactly the same way, and I'm going to tell you why. matter of fact, since uh,
0: uh, obviously we know a, a big portion of your listeners are jujitsu enthusiasts, so when you enter competition into something, winning is priority over expression. So, from a jujitsu perspective, you know, okay, promise that, but if everybody's familiar with this guy, D.J. Jackson, you know he's a high level grappler. you know I hear a lot of people say like, "Oh you know, he's like a wrestler with some submission defense, you know he'd be high high level guys. So at the highest levels, sometimes the the art. In something is lost because you have to win within the rules. So, you know, from outside, and but but you all know jujitsu, so you can see that. You can see, oh, this guy's stalling, you know, oh, this guy is just, you know, he's trying to keep it even and then win by advantage. That's that's why that's not jujitsu, that's not the essence of jujitsu. But as jujitsu isn't saying, like, hey, here, we're gonna place these restrictions on it. We're gonna place these time limits on it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to make it digestible, especially if we're talking about something that people are paying to see. You know, people have to want to watch it. So these time limits and things are important, right? So that takes the art out of it. If we use chess as the same example, uh, my favorite period in chess is what they call the Romantic Era. And this is in the, you know, late 1700s, early 1800s. And you had guys doing what we would call just styling on people. Like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not just going to beat you. I'm going to clown you. I'm going to sacrifice this queen. And then just, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, but, but that era is it's gone, you know what I mean, and you and, and granted, you're talking about brilliant chess players, right? Uh, Blackburn, Paul Morphy, you're talking about just serious geniuses. The as sports or arts evolve, we we build on what we've or uh, people in the past have done. So, techn, so we have an advantage, right? So, with the studying of games, especially you know now we have you know we have computer computers, you'll see at the highest level. The games are extremely boring, and people are fighting for, uh, I guess, even positions and trying to win at, you know, what I mean, what would be equivalent to winning by a uh, advantage in jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, guys at the highest level, that you know, I can't crit. I mean, they would crush me right i'm talking people 2800 elo rating uh 5 rating they they were crush me so I, it's hard to to see her and criticize them but at the same time the 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 spirit the fun the the risk averseness the risk calculation is is just it, you know and, that, and that's what happens in fighting too right because ultimately fighting is risky so i'm mean, like if you don't want any risk at all then don't fight right don't fight but the easiest thing to do is to go out there you know get a takedown and just squeeze 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 and you know the ref says do something. I'm gonna stand you up, and you go body, body, head, squeeze, 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 squeeze. So you're still operating within the rules. Man, mm-hmm. I, mean, I get
1: a lot of fans, but you're you're winning. Yeah, and the jujitsu, You, you had the jiu-jitsu analogy with a wrestler like DJ Jackson, yeah. Who can yeah, who's down obviously and a, a great, him. a sure.
0: great jujitsu. I mean, you gotta have great jujitsu.
1: But I eh, will never hate on a competitor for doing what it takes to win within the rules. But like, there are certain styles that are more entertaining and artistic. When you right? watch the, when you watch the Mendes brothers, man. When you watch Marcelo, when I, like, I'm a,
0: I'm a Marcelo groupie, man. When I watch, it's it's wow. You know, when I say that's what I want to see, you know, so if we even throw in breakdancing or B-boying, I'm, I understand. I'm saying breakdancing because that's what people know it as. But if any of my my friends hear this, you know, they're going to have my head. So B-boying. <laughs> yeah. uh, so from the outside looking in, you know, we don't know about the nuances or something. So we're like, oh, well, he's just good. He's spinning. We have uh, with the, the boom of breaking, you have people doing what we call power moves. So power moves are what you see when you see head spins, windmills, uh backspins these are very big dynamic rules right i'm sorry big dynamic moves but b-boying is about expressing yourself hitting hitting beats doing certain movements on beats character uh transitions and then incorporating you know power and things like that within style because ultimately it is a dance Uh, a big backlash uh came when you know b-boying you know it blew up and a lot of uh a lot of uh, B-Boys, B-Girls in Asia, specifically Koreans, they they got really amazing at power moves. I'm talking about just straight magical magical stuff, <laughs> something you wouldn't even think is possible. And then people are like, well, look, but that's not dancing anymore. It's gymnastics. It's gymnastics. And it's like, well, technically it is, you know, because this move is not... There's no head spins in, in uh gymnastics or there's no this but but a lot of backlash came because people were like, okay, this is dynamic, it's amazing, but where's the dance? Where's the art? So a lot of that ties together. I see it in chess, I see it in breaking, which I don't, you know, follow breaking as much anymore, obviously. Uh, you know, and I see it in chess, you know. As things go on, the art kind of gets lost when the competition when the focus is on competition.
1: And you mentioned that uh, you always try to put on a show in your fights yeah. or in your grappling matches. And I'm wondering, I have an answer to this, but I want to hear yours. Do yeah. you have a single fight or a single moment from a fight that encapsulates what you try to do when you when you perform?
0: Oh, definitely, man. There was a fight. Uh, well, 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 okay, I'm going to answer this question. i got to say something after that. Uh, it was a fight that I fought on this show, uh, Titan. Titan FC. It was in North Carolina. It was a big show. And this guy I fought, uh, Mike Bruno. He trained at, you know, ATT. So you know, people were like, "Oh, well, you know, he's from ATT." So they 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 tried to stack the deck, you know, not not to knock him, but I gotta I gotta shout, I gotta I gotta come at you, Jeff wilson you the you the promoter and matchmaker and owner of this of this show. I smashed this guy. Y'all didn't give me a call back. You gave him a call back to fight the scrub. I'm just throwing it out there. But anyway, anyway, uh, so I was fired. But uh, so they they tried to stack the deck and have oh ATT on this side versus north carolina on this side so we won our fight but it was one point in the fight you know i was watching some some capoeira before that and i you know I, I i you know i'm b-boy but i never really practiced capoeira in the traditional sense i went to a few classes but they have what they call a jenga and this is what people see in, in the beginning of it where you kind of slide back and swing your arms back so i this guy was timing my my kicks and he was taking me down so i did like a capoeira a jinga and a stutter step just to to confuse him. He sided a little too early and after the kick, I kind of skipped and threw a high kick. It landed perfectly. Uh, it was money. You know what I mean? No need for false modesty. I loved it. So uh, that's what I want to do. But to to jump on, you know, what I want to say, I want to say something. There's a balance, right? Because you have to win. I'm not going to do reckless things to to entertain. To, to I want to win. But that is why skill is important because you have to be better than someone to, if, 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 if there's, there are a lot of fighters who their sole intention, I guess you can say this introduce you to is not winning, but stopping you from winning, right? I don't want to smash you. I want to stop you from smashing me. And that's very hard to deal with sometimes if they're good. Cause ultimately, like I said, the, these people are good. If they weren't good and they tried that, then you would just beat them. These are people who are on your level, but they have more of a conservative game plan. Right? So I've got to be a little bit better than them. So the onus is on me. You know, to 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 put on the show because what I want to get called back by the promotion by the promoters, right? I want my purses to go up. I want my fans to be like, yeah, this is my dude. You know, look look what he's doing. I want
1: you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, it's 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 tough juggling that sometimes, man. It's tough juggling that. So, does that change at all between MMA matches or grappling matches? Like, do, or do you approach it with the same mentality? I'm thinking specifically of your recent Toro Cup match with Ricky Saxton. Yeah,
0: well, it, it does change a little bit if I'm uh, let's. I'm being blunt about it. One, I'm not as good a, a grappler as I am a, a MMA fighter, right? Because I put a lot of time in MMA. Even my 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 grappling is, my grappling is, is MMA grappling. And one thing I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna change, you know, because this is my job. I'm not gonna change what I do. There's, I mean, in Jiu-Jitsu or well, let's say grappling competitions. If you're mounted, it's like okay. You know what I mean? Especially if there's no points, right? Well, so you got your arm crossed like a mummy, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, you, you're mounting on me, but you can't do anything." I'm not gonna do that because I know, okay, in a fight, I could be getting punched in the face. In self defense situation, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I can get punched in the face. I'm not gonna stay here. I'm not gonna do, you know, I'm not gonna. Tur- I hate the turtle position, you know. And you're talking again. I'm there are people who are way a million times better than me in jujitsu. Who, who will say, "Oh, turtle's great." So I'm not saying it's not. But for me, you know what I mean. I know it's a no-no in MMA, so I don't do it. In grappling, right? So maybe if I was a lot more technical when jujitsu, I knew some some barimbo trickery and some you know single x to x, and you know maybe if I was really you know as far as like the 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 gap between me and my opponent, maybe I would style on them a little bit more. But uh, but with me, it's winning. But one thing I'm not gonna do is stall. I'm all if I'm in a dominant position, I'm trying to improve position. If I'm in a bad position, I'm not gonna wait and so if someone's mounting me so I'm not going to wait there and just wait. No, I know I'm moving with a sense of urgency because this is what, you know, I'm moving with a sense of urgency cuz I know it's the bad spot. So, maybe I can't throw the swag on it in jujitsu like I'll do with some of the kicks in MMA, but I'm coming to win and I'm not stalling. You
1: know what I mean? I'm definitely not trying to ride the person out and and I think that anyone who watched your Toro Cup match with Ricky Saxton can testify to that. Not only you, but Ricky as well. You were both going for it. Both mm. of you wanted to be on top. Both yeah, of you yeah. guys. And you know. And and so I'm, I'm hoping you can talk us through a little bit of that match. I'll have some specific questions. Okay, but like you. Uh, you you wound up you wound up winning in the overtime. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was you you were up on points, so there was no submission in the submission only round. Mm-hmm. Then you ended up getting up on points. You swept. You mounted um, using the butterfly hook sweep sweep game. My babies. Yeah. My forklifts. And so so talk us through that match. What was your game plan going in, and how do you feel the match went?
0: Yeah. So initially, you know, we we talked about briefly outside. You know, when I'm when I'm fighting, you know, I'm competing at a certain weight. You know, much lower. So I'm not. Not that I'm out of shape right now, but this is my my chilling grappling way. So I'm used to being a big dog and squashing people and getting on top, right? Cause my my game is you know the way I like to play it anyway, the way I like to imagine myself. I hate when people say my game. I'm like, man, get out But, but <laughs> like this so my game, but but I like to squash people, right? But and, and I I wear on them. But I didn't get on top of this Joker until the end, man. His his wrestling was ridiculous. So so I knew he was gonna be you know, I knew he was his wrestling was going to be good. I knew he was going to be strong. I knew he was going to be fast. And you know, I felt like maybe his jiu was going to be like around a, a purple belt level, like a you know, like a, a newer purple belt level. I I, I and I'm not trying to be, you know, like I said, there's no need for false modesty. I hate him people. I knew he couldn't submit me. Besides, maybe I don't know, jumping on a leg lock and I'm I'm sleeping on him or something like that. But I knew he was not going to systematically, you know, that just wasn't going to happen. I trained with some good jokers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um. So we started and he shot a good takedown and you know, I defended it and I felt good. I was like, okay, you know, I feel, I feel about where he's at. He shot about two more and I, I defended the first three or so. And I think one time after that, he, he got a takedown, but as soon as we takedown, I swept, but we wound up against the wall. I stood up, got front headlock position, went for one of my favorite, um, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite attacking positions, front headlock positions. Usually if I get there, it's, you know, so rap I can do my thing but his defense was good and I, and after that scramble again this is I don't know probably within the first 2 minutes I remember thinking like sh- shit I'm 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 tired of hell I'm gassed like I feel you know, I knew I could keep going but the amount of energy I exerted, it was a lot I never really pushed that type of energy out so fast, you know what I mean? Because even in fights, you know what I mean? You're you're you're, you're this is the striking element, you're not forced to engage in within the grappling, so you can move and things like that. But you know, I really, you know, he zapped me early, so I remember thinking, like, okay, okay, you know, I might, I might need to ease in. So I didn't want to shoot on him either because not only am I not a big fan of shooting double legs, but like I said, it made party to me. I don't want to get knee in the face, I don't want to get. You know, uppercut. So I usually set them up with strikes or take people down off the wall. I, somebody, I don't know if it was Bagels, I asked somebody about the wall. I was like, "Yeah, hey, we use the wall." They was like, nah I was like, "Damn." And I should ask Ricky, like, "Yo, man, let's
1: let's get our MMA rules on," because you know he fights MMA also, sure. but I didn't. So um one thing that I did notice, and like th- this is related to to your points, yeah, is that where, where I was most—I mean, I was really impressed with Ricky's base. I was really impressed oh, with man. his toughness. I was really impressed with his heart. And one of the things that I noticed was ordinarily your butterfly sweep game, you're able to, and you were able to eventually yeah. sweep him to mount. Yeah. But early on, you were able to use it to stand up, like he'd yeah. take you down mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You create space. And even though you weren't able to get on top early in the match, you were able to use it to stand up and reinitiate what you right. were going to do. Right, right, So from, uh, M- obviously, you know, there's no strikes in
0: it. From, so from an MMA perspective, that's great. But what I also noticed from a jujitsu perspective, especially when you're dealing with someone who's much better than you, Sometimes you got to be like, look, man, I'm not fighting from this position. I'm getting up. So a lot of times in, you know, I'm not going to say in like in the art of jujitsu, but jujitsu practitioners, you know, who compete primarily in jujitsu, they forget about keeping them down because the assumption is that this person, because they're also a jujitsu practitioner, they want to stay down or or sweep to get on top or submit. It's not like, hey, I'm just going to get up. You see what I'm saying? So that 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 helped a lot, too. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, look, I'm just going to give a hard cross face, redirect his head, and, you know, basically get my standing base on. You know what I mean? And that, you know, I think a lot more people should do that. But sometimes you got about, like, look, this is a bad, but this, this dude is climbing. You know, he's climbing me. You know what I mean? He's climbing up, you know, improving position. And this is, you know, obviously if they're good enough to put you in that position, they're good enough to not fall for, you know, some tricks and traps. So sometimes I'll be like, you know what? we will restart somewhere else but I'm out of here
1: you know so that that bail that bailout that, that that helped a lot a few times most definitely and so so the match ends where you like and I I haven't seen it in a, in, a, in a minute but like I you, you you swept him from the butterfly position yeah got, got him out yeah um, may, and he recovered guard you passed again yeah and then the the, the the match ended unfortunately in a scramble that I think resulted in an injury uh-huh, Ricky. Uh-huh. so uh what what happened there at that I think uh
0: initially when he came in, he was uh, he looked a hundred percent, you know, the, the way he was moving. But he had a, a knee pad on, and the knee pad wasn't even directly over knee; it was kind of turned to the side. So I don't know if he had something pre existing that just got better, and he was like, "Okay, I don't want it to not be." But one thing I do know is the drive on those takedowns never, never changed. Never like it was. So either it, it got bad later, but whenever it did, it felt the same way it did initially. Like I like. One time when you, sometimes when you watching fights and grappling matches, also you can't really see the transfer energy. You just see the result of what happened, right? So it's like, oh well, he did that. He stopped that takedown. But there were times he's driving and I'm, I'm stopping it. But I'm like he's still driving. So I'm if I was to stop defending for a second, he would have, he would have blew through me. So that's what was taking a lot of energy. I think uh, the scramble that you're talking about. Uh, one of my favorite sweeps, I don't know the name for this joint, man, but I'd like to think of it like a Ferrari door opening up. You kind of got like this outside hook, and then you grab that lat, and you open it like, oh, somebody, please. We, if, somebody's got to tell me the name of that movie. That well, we, can, we can just call
1: it the Ferrari door sweep. Yeah, I, I've it never is.
0: heard a name before. I, I haven't seen a lot of people do it. I know there's nothing new in jiu-jitsu, so I ain't, you know, I don't want to hint, oh, the one I'm talking about he made something up, this fool ain't made. I'm not saying I made anything up. I'm saying i never seen it. But anyway, uh, it's, it's like a Ferrari door open up. But you grab that lat and you, you roll. You know, you roll. So that started the scramble. Um, he went for a takedown. And uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Before that, I had wrist control. And Seth is like, uh you know, Seth Seth's the man. When it comes to this corner and Seth's voice, it just pierces through a crowd. Seth's like arm drag. And I remember thinking like, man, this joke is good. as you he ain't going to let me arm drag him. You know, You know how sometimes you just don't think things are going to work on certain people. You know, why would... Yeah, my sweeps ain't working, and this is something that I, I I work on a lot. I work on, look, I need this to work on brown belts, black belts, big dudes. You know, I don't care who it is. If, if they never roll me, I know I'm going to be able to sweep them a couple times, right? So, well, not on. you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, he was like, arm drag him. So I'm like, because I had, he's like, pull that wrist to your pocket and get the arm drag. So I'm pulling it, and I'm committing, but in my mind, I'm expecting him to pull. And I'm like, this joker is letting me control this arm. So I arm dragged him, and, you know, I'm halfway to the back. He just did some some trickery and kind of jumped around. I don't even know what he launched off of because his feet—he was on his knees. He's mm-hmm. not like he was playing on his toes. He kind of just flying saucered and ho- like hovered around to the back. And I'm like, man. So we got in that same position again. A arm drag. He stood up. I got the front headlock. We got in a scramble, and I kind of I kind of ran around him, you know, into a body lock position from the back. I was going to uh, just pop my hips and dump him. And it looks like I, I I took him down. But what happened is he tried to do like a little cartwheel thing. I don't know what the name of it is. But it's literally like, think about someone's got a body lock on you from the back, a rear body lock, and you do a cartwheel. I saw him do that on a grappling match in uh, the, the Satsuma Cup. Oh, wow. Shout out to my man, uh, Dave Manson. This is my dude. This is a good dude. Um, I saw him do that. And my instincts kicked in. So I kind of sank my hips back. And then when we landed, he landed flattened out. You see what I'm saying? So I, obviously I'm trying to get hooks. I'm trying to swim in, come with the mean cross faces. But you know he's tugging his chin good, and I hear Hamid say, "Man, forget it. Just just double up on it." So you you which is when you you grab like a uh, gable grip and force the cross face. But the trick to that is your both arms are tied, so you can kind of get get bucked off. But but anyway, it worked out. We uh he flipped back over and then I stayed on top so I know I went from being down two to like 10 two. Mm-hmm. in a short amount of time it was like takedown mount and something else so it yeah. worked out man and then the, the, at the end he was going for a takedown well he, he actually he got the takedown but I landed in dog position and I think he hurt I don't think it was his leg it might have been his ribs or something yeah it so. looked like
1: he was holding his ribs and we'll post a video for this match it was one of the more fast paced and exciting matches No Gi match obviously. yeah he was coming hard man
0: he was you know most definitely.
1: Well, it's always entertaining to watch you grapple, but I know that like I, I don't, I actually don't know what's next for you in terms of your MMA career. Mm. Do you have do you have fights lined up? Are you yeah, yeah, I got,
0: I got some fights lined up. I've got uh, there's a promotion called Brave, and these these guys, they've got some cheese, man. They do international shows. They do a, they did a show in Bahrain. Um, shout out to my man Marcel Fucci because Marcel put this in place. He was just oh, also um, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and announce it now. Be fighting on the next level in in January. You see what I'm saying? It's fighting on the next level in January. I haven't announced that yet, but it's going down. And i back y'all. My man Cody's on there too, got to represent. Um, we're, we're breaking news here on the Yes Nerdy Indeed, podcast. Yes Indeed on accident. So Marcel, who's a guy I competed against at a, a previous tour cup, good dude, man. This, oh yeah. man, good dude. Marcel is just randomly on some you know promotion. You know, this is a big promotion. You know what I mean? And he's like, "Well, oh, you, you you need to get my man." Duan Owens on this joint, you know, and get and get CJ Murdoch on this, right? And then, so I wasn't expecting them to reply because I don't. This again, this is a, a good promotion. They've got a lot of followers, fans, and you know, tons of people are saying stuff. So I'm like, uh, you know, let me just say something. I'm like, yeah, listen to the man. And then I threw my I threw my highlight on there, right? And then uh, the guys like, oh yeah, we, you know, we would, we would love to have him on the show. So you know, send him a message because sometimes, you know, no, not the stunt, but sometimes people will, they'll say stuff. In a public realm, like hey, we respond to our our fans, so it's all good. So I'm also I'm like, look, don't be playing, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't you know what I mean? So I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you, uh, I would love to fight on your shows in the future. You know what I mean? I'm sure your next card is finalized, but you know, yeah, the, the, the small talk, you know, hitting them with the PC stuff. I, I might it might be something I like copy and paste to all promoters or something. I don't know. So he's like, uh, yeah, no, we would love to have you on on our next card, our December card is finalized, but. Maybe he said February March time frame. We got something by rain, so it's look it's looking good, man. So thanks, Marcel. You know, appreciate that, brother. Um, so that's that's what's going down. So those two, grab uh, those two MMA fights, and then in February, I'm just gonna drop it. I'm just gonna drop it all. Just drop it all. February, it's a kickboxing event. Um, I think it's the Triangle Kickboxing Promotions. I've been I've been trying to get you know on these guys show for a while. We we had like some you know little. Uh couldn't come to an agreement on some things, but it, it's going down, so everybody definitely come out and represent next level real quick so in two thousand fifteen had a four or five win streak all submissions I, I basically turned into a jiu-jitsu dude right yeah, which, the which,
1: we loved. which we all love which we all
0: love so la alcox okay he uh he beat me on next level and uh props to him But well, brother you've been ducking me. Next, you're supposed to be the champ of the promotion. Next level, I, I know this is a family show, but I got to, let me, let me. Let me you, you, uh, do, do you let think? Me, let me be a goon for a second. Uh, <laughs> you're the champion of the promotion. The promoter told you they won our fight because we had a, They, they uh, he, was, he was he had a fight. They, they paid him to, the promoter, to let him take the fight. So it was kind of like a two-day thing where, you know, I'm training with this point. No No excuse. You know, the dude did his thing. You beat me, you did your thing. But I know that's the highlight of your life. But you're not gonna hang on to that and ride out into the sunset. I tried to fight him on the kickboxing promotion triangle. He was like, "No, no, no, I don't care whether it's pinochle, badminton, chess. We don't want to do chess, but anything. We're gonna fight again, and I'm gonna get that back." So, but you know, I'm just joking, man. He's a good dude. We actually friends on Facebook now. But I got, I got. to Remember we talk about the power of shame?
1: Mm. Remember we talk about I <laughs> yes, got to yes, shame, indeed. I got to
0: same a little bit. Stop playing, <laughs> stop playing the show up at your house, man. If, and, if you want to have some <laughs>
1: pinochle boxing, we could set that up for the next okay, podcast. Okay, there it is. There, there it
0: is. There it is. But no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking, man. He's a good dude. He just got married recently, so, so props. Uh, you know, I don't want to do it to you after you just got, but I got to do it. I can't. I can't even give props without coming back with a trash talk. But so hopefully, next level books that fight for a title on um, in January. But either way, like I said, um, I'm definitely fighting on that card,
1: and that's that's what's going down. So you're fighting on the next level in January. There's a chance you might be going to Bahrain. Yes. And thanks to back Muslim. to Bahrain. I'm in one time. Back to Bahrain. One time. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In and the did, you, and... did you fight there? No? no, no, no. I was in the military and uh, I, I
0: I was on a float on a mute. but I was under the umbrella of the military, so I couldn't really go out and do. You know what I want to do. We had like one place we can go, so I didn't really get to sure. to feel it like that. So you know, going as a civilian is a little bit different.
1: Yeah, you know yeah I mean? most definitely. Well, thanks to Marcel for setting that up. Marcel yes. Doc Fucci, yes. who is uh, we'll have to get on the podcast when he's out here. Yes. So yeah, be th- yeah, no doubt. The, gotta <laughs> the, love it. killer B training center. The yeah, woo. no, absolutely, man. It's like it's a great place to train in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I so I want to kind of take it back so we can take it forward because like yeah. we we're talking about <laughs> MMA and like I when I asked you the question about your MMA fight that encapsulates like what you want to do. I had a hunch you were going to talk about the capoeira swag kick. Which you, was, saw which, you saw that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we have, the, we have the video. Oh man. I love and that. So, so we'll post that video. Cause that, that's one of my Ooh. favorite. That's one of my favorite Diwan Owens highlights. Um, the only other thing that I, and I, I, it occurs to me we've never talked about this your fight against Nate Longwear. whoa man when you knocked his tooth out
0: yeah man
1: and and I mean a lot of stuff went down yeah that particular that, that fight mm. surrounding that particular fight and so I want us to talk about that a little bit and I remember there was a lot of trash talk coming from him leading up to the fight and so if you could like talk us through some of that yes yeah some of that and and and. Uh, and culminating in, you know, it must have felt good to, to No, land that I, I, shot. I
0: would love to, man. Well one thing, let me tell you, uh props to Nate the train, man. This is this is a tough dude. Dude's got the heart of a lion. But, you know, at this point we were baby pros. You know, I might have had about six fights. I know he didn't have more than five and we were fighting on XFC which was a uh, you know a decent size a a good show. They I think they sold to Brazil so they operate out of Brazil now but at this time, you know what I mean, you know I'm climbing the ladder so I'm I'm doing my thing and uh Nate, you know, he's uh he's got long hair too so they kind of had this this promo like like oh, old battle of the dudes with the you know long hair. But Nate's fans were I mean Nate talks some trash but whatever, I talk trash too. But Nate's fans at that that early stage of my career, I was not ready or just used to I mean, he's it, it was jokers coming to my fan page talking just greasy. I'm talking reckless. Make it was it was insane. So it was a lot of um, I wanted to hurt this dude. You know, I, I was really emotional going into this fight, and um, this is when we were building United uh, Thai boxing, like literally. Building it, you know, a lot of building on this. Thing. Hannah, Hannah Cyrus, high-level pro MMA fighter, a women, uh, women pro MMA fighter. She literally, you know, built that thing. So we're, so we're built. So, so we're, we're constructing this gym. I'm training. I'm, I mean, it was tough. So I had a, a horrible weight cut. Weight cut. Uh, I missed weight, waiting at one forty six point three. Went back and eventually made it, but I was, I was, man, I did not feel good. I remember warming up in the back. I didn't feel good, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm representing Triangle Jiu Jitsu. It was Seth, uh, my man, Big Dwayne, H Bomb, Harold was out there, so we were just, you know, we were doing our thing. This was on national TV. Um, went out there. I knew, I knew, I was a more technical MMA fighter than him. What I wasn't ready for was his pace. His conditioning and
1: his, uh, just you know, his I don't give a damn to getting hit. What I remember about that fight, too, in addition, like I all of the stuff you say strikes me as totally accurate. And one of the things I remember as someone that was there for that fight live was man, that guy could take a shot. He and kept keep coming moving forward because you hit him with some bombs. You yeah, gotta understand, man, and that's that forward.
0: that is the scariest thing in the world when you're throwing at somebody and you're putting some stank on it and, and it lands because you do not always fucking land and it lands and, and they just keep coming. You're like, No shit, am I? You know, I don't know if I can keep throwing like this. But this Joker looked like he can keep coming. So he was talking. Now he had knocked some people out, and the promotion was building him up. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got an image. He's a talker. He had he cut an interview. This joint had about I don't know ten thousand views from him just talking crazy. I mean he he's off a little bit. I'm not gonna you know what I'm saying, but 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 it's genuine, right? Mm -hmm. You know he's so. They were building him up, you know what I mean? And I know they were like, okay, because he was traveling with XFC. I was on the show because they were coming to North Carolina. They were like, okay, let's find a, a good dude from North Carolina, but ultimately Nate is our dude because he's traveling with us. So I knew what was going on, right? So anyway, I'm you know, I'm I'm just, just catching him, just tagging him. It's really everything is falling in place, right? He was talking about how he was going to knock me out, this and that. You know, at that time, uh, you know, my Muay Thai was really on point, man, because I was, you know, Soma had closed down, but I was still – I was putting some work in, and I was putting work in, and uniting So and then he, he turned, like like they all do, you know. They turn into grapplers. You know, everybody's a striker. We get in the cage, then they turn into a grappler. Uh, so you know, he started stalling, holding on the cage, doing his thing. At that time, my my cage tactics, my cage development, it was it wasn't like it wasn't on point as it is now. I didn't really get really good at that until working with Jake a lot more. Jake Whitfield, shout out to him, uh, Goldsboro Triangle Jitsu, and uh, and and Rick McCoy. You know, they really got my cage. Game, you know, because again, like we said, it's not just about who's better; it's about winning, knowing how not to be stalled out. So he was stalling out a little bit, but when his when his tooth came out, I think he threw a kick. I blocked it, and and at that point, I was so dialed in with the counters. So anytime I, I you know, someone throws a kick, it's block, hook, cross, hook, or block, cross, hook, cross. So he he threw it, I blocked through the counter. Mouthpiece flew out, tooth came out, and uh, I mean, it was getting the decision. Is uh that's a separate thing because even even after the fight, I didn't know I was going to get the decision one it was a close fight, mm-hmm. but two I also knew, you know they had invested in Nate so I didn't really want to but fortunately you know we got the decision it was, you know
1: it, it was it was good it was, that was a definitely a highlight of my career one of the highlights not the biggest but it was it was huge. What we, like I, I want to follow up on that like and that was a, very, a close fight an entertaining fight a fight that I definitely thought you won but like you know I I know what you're saying that you never want it to go to the judges yeah, particularly yeah. when it's the guy that they they have a big push behind and I I still can't believe that you didn't you didn't knock him out when you knocked his teeth too tough off, man very tough guy very tough guy but you say this is one of the highlights of your career but not the highlight do you have a highlight of your career These
0: two are close I want I gonna be quick about but I'll tell you the, the ultimate the the highlight is hands down beating uh, Dustin Page in Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Not just because he's a UFC vet, but because I watched this guy on Ultimate Fighter. And me and a, a really good buddy of mine, Casey Johnson, one of the best uh, MMA fighters ever come out of Triangle. triangle. Uh, a lot of people don't know him because he got out of the game a little bit early before the scene really started popping like this. But the dude was a purple belt, probably about brown belt level now. He was a purple belt athlete. He had the image. You know, he was a good-looking dude. He, his striking was good. He could have went... All the way, but you know he he had the family and he decided to really you know and that's that's the grind sometimes. But uh, Casey and I used to watch Dustin on the Ultimate Fighter and we rooted for him because he was a striker and our our Muay Thai coach, Aaron Fisher, knew his coach, so he was like we we watched this dude. So beating Dustin Page. And I and I, I I lost that first round. I got dominated, you know, in, in the grappling department. You know, took my back, rolled me out for the whole round. And I remember feeling overwhelmed. I remember I remember thinking like, man, shit, this dude is 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 really good. But I had just started training at MMA Institute. I was uh, I was at forty five. I, I was shredded. I put the oh my goodness, man! I was running, and I hate running. You know, what I mean, I, one <laughs> I, one I hated. Two, I got flat feet. I mean, like seriously, I almost couldn't. In, they're flat. I almost couldn't get in even take my feet so flat. But I just hate running, and uh, but I was in shape. I was motivated. My jiu jitsu was on point. Striking, wrestling. My confidence because I had just beat a guy, Rand Weathers, who was also on the Ultimate Fight at some point. So my confidence was was booming. So uh, that win was important. My whole triangle family, everybody, a lot. So many people came up to me, Boomer, Buck, you know, everybody came down in that fight. You know what I mean? And uh, that was a really, really big win. And uh, to back up real quick, I remember when we were getting announced, I was super confident going in there. I'm like, I'm going to show him. Because he was like one fight. He was no, This was his first fight outside of the UFC. Mm-hmm. So even though he had got cut, I knew, okay, the dudes that beat him, you know, TJ Dillon, so he had got cut by, you know, super, super high-level guys. I had a little streak, and I was like, you know what? After I beat this dude, maybe I'm not going to be in UFC, but I know they're going to know who I am. One or two more wins, and I'm going to be in there. So I knew everything that was riding on him, right? So I'm super confident. Everything is going right. I get in the cage. Announcer, this guy, Giovanni, Giovanni Lim. He announces me, you know, Dwayne, Dirty South Owens, representing, you know, Triangle jiu Two and MMA Two. so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I always psych myself up when I'm in the cage as dustin page is coming out he says and now five time ufc veteran dustin page and i remember thinking like it, it felt like a like something just reached into my soul and i felt like damn I'm, this shit is really about to go down i'm kind of you know i mean honestly I, I was kind of scared there was something it was something the way about the way he said five time ufc veteran i remember thinking like you know Okay, shit, it's, it's about to go down. You know, as Kevin Hart to say, and it was, but it, again, it, it worked out, man. It worked out. He was a front runner in that fight. Got on top, dominated the second round, and I, I saw his face coming out to the third after being on bottom that whole round. This is this is when I used to throw elbows more. You know, I, for some, I wasn't really heavy on a submitting guys. I would just want to just throw strikes and ground and pound. And uh, he, he was worn, and I knew the third round like that's it. You know, I'm gonna get him. I'm going to finish him. So that was definitely... And you finished by rear naked choke in that fight? Rear naked choke. Well, it was a short choke. A short choke. the fade It was a or short choke. choke off of the takedown. I was against the cage. He went for a bad takedown. He just kind of leaned down. And sometimes you can kind of you can kind of turn their neck. So I kind of like neck cranked him. And then he had to to bail. Not only did he have to bail, you got to kind of turn your back to not get your neck ripped off. So from there, finish the choke. I had... uh. What is it called? When you don't have that fullback mile, you got around one leg. And it's crazy because it's right after you wrote something, oh, what was this article? You wrote something about breaking the rules. Yeah, learn the rules, break the rules. Well, learn the rules, rules. the rules, break yeah, the rules. Learn yeah. the rules, break the rules. So and I said something about that on that post. I don't know if you remember that. I do. But it but it was it was you know how we always taught, you know, don't 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 kill herself, but position or what submission. So I went for that submission first because that was that going for that submission. Let me put my body in position to control
1: him. I couldn't just take his back from there. So that 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 kind of that kind of that kind of worked out like that. So, yeah, huge win for you. I remember we were all really ecstatic about that. But you mentioned that that was really close to another moment. Oh yeah, man. The, the other the moment was uh, my first international fight uh,
0: in Peru versus Pequeno. Uh, Again, this is back. You know, when I was training at, at, at Triangle Jiu Jitsu. I know I keep saying back when I was training. Let me let me just. Real quick, guys. The only reason I I, I didn't train at Triangle Jitsu anymore is because there was it was a it's it's a Jitsu school, and at, at that point I was getting kind of laid on, so I had to tighten my wrestling up and get more of a you see what I'm saying. But that's, you know, you want your Jitsu tight, and you and you uh you live out that way. That's where it's at, you know. Uh, Seth's a man. We got a good group of people out there too. So um so anyway, Boomer, I remember the preparation for that fight, man. I was I was on point. Harold was forcing me to run. We were running at Duke all the time. I was I was shre- sh- uh, shredded. I was looking like a, a young Wesley Snipes. You know my, my <laughs> striking was on point. I remember one day. I don't know whether it was Boomer or Seth, but one of them went and got like man, it, maybe fifteen brown and black belts there. And Boomer was like, look, anybody guillotine to one. You know what I mean? I don't know. He said, take my I don't know. But it was a lot of people there, and uh, we did our thing. I was ready. The build up to that fight at that point, I'm, I was either seven and three or, or eight and three or eight and four. I was, uh, you know,
1: still kind of baby in the game. Pequeno was like twenty seven and, and seven. Yeah, and for those that don't know, Alessandra Pequeno was the <sighs> Shooto champion. Like, I was seriously high level. Dude was the best in the world
0: at one point, and it wasn't like, oh, he's the best in the world now. He's overhill. He had only lost one fight. In the past six years, and that fight was to Jose Aldo. So they had Jose versus Piquinho, but no one knew who Jose was. So Jose beat him, which you know Jose beat the brakes off him. And and Piquinho had also popped for um you know, I, I, it's one of these PDS. I don't know, you know, yeah. guys. If you want PEDs, stop that stuff. Stop that stuff, real quick. My bad. No. In the combat sports, I mean, it should be it should be criminal charges. I'm just gonna throw that out there, man. No no luck. But anyway, real quick. Ugh. Yeah. so. So he got kicked out of WEC, and I remember watching that Jose fight. And shout <laughs> to my man Boomer, we were watching him. Boomer, and Boomer said, "All right, don't judge him about that fight because you ain't Jose." And I'm thinking in my mind, like, you know,
1: well, well, damn, Boomer. I mean, he
0: said he was like, well, you know, you're not Jose Aldo, so you don't don't touch him by that fight. And you know, he was right. But uh, so anyway, as as I remember watching his highlight, and he was just you know guillotine, just just killing people. And I remember thinking like. I wasn't nervous, though, because like, like, uh, I was kind of like a me against well, like, you know, I'ma show these mother efforts. I'm going to show these mother efforts. One other person who, who scared me. Brandon Garner, you my man, but I gotta put you on blast. So I went down to uh, this is around the time Gracie Raleigh just opened up. I go out there to get some roles in with How you doing? With uh with, with Brandon and uh and then Brandon know I'm joking, he didn't say anything he crazy. He's like, uh, I told him who I was fighting, he was like, Pequeno? You mean you mean Alexander Nogueira? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, you know you, you heard him he's like yeah and I'm like, I'm like and this, so so Brandon you know is 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 the, the man he's the dude you know what I mean this is this point at that point because I think he might have retired but he wasn't far you know he might have been retired a year removed or something like that you know what I mean so him and so I remember his face and I'm like yo if, if Brandon is looking like this and I know how I feel about Brandon this is you're scaring me, dog. Stop it. Yeah. So, so real quick. Brandon right, right know I'm joking. He's my man, but he was like, "Yeah, he's uh, his just was real good, man. It's it's you know, you know, won't want to go to the ground at all." Cause I was like, "Well, let me show you. Know, can we work some, you know, some guillotine defense?" He showed me stuff. He was like, "Yeah, but this is good." But, you know, let's not even go to the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's trying to be nice. But, you know, Pequeno, he's, he's a black belt, Lucha Libre. Uh, black belt, and just honorary black belt. Somebody gave him a black belt. And this dude, you know, his guillotine was just on point. But, like, we went there. We fought him to a draw. I thought we won. I thought we won. I also thought you won. But uh,
1: we fought him to a draw. This was and... also one of those shady fights where, like, it was Aww. it was supposed to be a five-round Aww, fight. man. And, and like, it's supposed so, to be a five-round fight. Yeah. And the, then they— sh-
0: Shout out to the Peruvian fans, my— my my Peruano amigos and iamigas they they really rode with me because they started shouting, sing go rounds sing because they they because it was supposed to be five rounds so my uh big dog uh, Harold we're going to the third I mean it was it was kind of even the first one was kind of even the second round I, I stole away third round I just I dominate I mean I'm 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 confident I'm swagged out I'm throwing kicks I really you know I was really feeling just dancing on them right. And then, uh, so we go into the third round and hell was like, like, yeah, big dog, you know, it's high time. We got him." So we're going out to the fourth. I'm getting ready to go out to the fourth. So he's, you know, got the ice on my chest, all this. And I see them go out to the middle. So they go out to the middle and I'm thinking like, like, "Oh, oh, shit, dog, we, they forfeited. You know, we won, you know, we won. So I'm thinking... You know they forfeit. Yeah, he's so they, off so they the stool. Right, right, right. So they, so they bring me to the middle, and I, you, if, the tape. I don't know if it's out there now. It's, it might be, you know, because it was on stream. I don't think you access it now. But my face, I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm thinking I won this, this belt. This, I, I, this is my first international fight. I won my first pro belt. Had a three fight win streak. I, I'm, I'm like, yo, this is. I'm living the dream right now. I was going down, and then uh, you know they, you know they they raise. He said, "Empate." You know, at this point, I, you know, my Spanish was really. It didn't get tight till I went back the second time I lived there. But so I'm like, "What? What, 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 what does that mean?" And he raised both of our hands and me and Harold were like, "Wait, what?" So the crowd goes crazy. They're like screaming, Cinco round, Cinco. I mean, it was it was insane. And uh, granted, we went back, had the rematch, and everything. Everything, you know, Pekinio, put the put the BBs on me. I did real good that fight too. But Pekinio got me in in the fourth round. Man, he really, yeah. you know, he did his thing. And um, uh, but but yeah, that it it, it, was, it was it was great, man. That was definitely that was a close second. That was a close second, man. It was that experience was absolutely wonderful. But like I said, Peg that one that one that one topped it though, man.
1: Yeah, because that yeah. you
0: know that proves something to myself. Like, okay, here's someone that was in the UFC, fought that many times. I know what level I'm competing on. But let, but let me just I need to feel that, and I did. And I you know we finished him and dominated. So those two are pretty close, but. The, the the peg fight definitely takes it. Mm. Last question, looking forward,
1: is, is the UFC still the goal for you?
0: It is. It is. Well, let, let me let me let me one thing I'm not real vocal about a lot of things going on in my life. Sometimes about my close friends know, but I don't know, if people look like, I'm you know, I'm I'm married with children. And uh, you know, I don't really, you know, parade, you know, oh here's my, you know, here's my kids <laughs> and here's my, I'm the best dad in the world. Here's a picture of me and doing this and my but I'm really um, Man, I spend a lot of time with my family, man. So I tell everybody I hate to to you know ever be a flake or anything. But if I if I ever flake out on something, you best believe I'm probably just spending time with my family. Like, oh, what came home? Nothing. I just, you know, that's why I hate committing to stuff sometimes. But mm-hmm. but uh, it is it is still the goal. But but I'm I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. It, it is getting harder and harder to um, be away from my family and to compete on the level that I'm competing at. I need to be isolated so I'm until so 2017 I'm gonna give it a, a big push I'm not gonna take any uh late notice fight I lost a decision my last fight took the fight uh late notice you know two weeks this dude was good you know mark Terrico shout out to him uh you know he he, he won a decision he's real good 11 one or so on the come up and I knew I knew from a technical I knew I, could, I knew I was gonna beat him you know what I mean but you you know you know he had these late fights sometimes you're thinking about the weight cut more than the actual fight and that's how Kaka used to be sometimes. I used to be like, oh, okay. I make wait the fight's so, <laughs> over. Oof. Hard part done. Now it's time to go go stun on them. You know what I mean? Go dance yeah. on them. But, but no, man, I gotta, I gotta get serious about it. So 2017, uh, I'm giving it a real big push. Um, the the dope thing I like about MMA is not like boxing, where you gotta be, you know, it, it's all about streaks. You know, I've already beat my 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 credentials solidified. You know, I've had four international fights. that's unheard of for somebody outside of UFC. Uh, you know, I beat UFC vet, Bellasaur Vet, Strike Force Vets. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I've, I've done. But at the same time, I just got to get a streak. I've got to get a streak. The UFC is about streaks and consistency. You can you can be you can win ten fights in a row and then lose one. The UFC is not going to call you off of a loss. It's not going to happen because they have to maintain the image that hey, we got the best fighters in uh, in the world in the UFC. So they so if your last fight before you got in there, they're like, okay, well, who's the guy to beat him? You see what I'm saying? That's why you see a lot of the uh, the issues they have when Bellator fighters try to come over. They can't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give it a big push next year. Uh, get a streak going. I'm gonna have a camp. I'm you no know, late. North fights. I'm doing my thing, and uh, I'm, I'm positive. You know, after I knock off like three, four guys, you know, we'll get the call. We were close one time. Joe Silva came to uh, this fight that we won on Odyssey. That was the last fight that we won. Joe Silva came to that fight. He came to the weigh-ins too. You see what I'm saying? Um, there was no other pros on the card that I felt were the UFC was really looking at like that. So. I felt like he like they you know they were they were coming to to check us out. Mm-hmm. And then you know after that lost the fight on next level, but hey, that guy, that's how it goes. That's how it goes, you know. So get back on the horse, do my thing and uh we're definitely going to beat her. At at the very least, we'll definitely get a shot at um, Bellator. Uh there's a guy, oh god, what is his name? What's the name? I've been email, I've been talking to the guy on Facebook. Anyway, we got a Bellator offer a little while ago, but it was ridiculous. It was like, you know, a week and a half notice against, you know, uh This Russian berserker, like, come on, son, stop it. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, man, that's that. So we're definitely gonna give it a big push. I'm gonna put MMA uh, back in the forefront next year, and uh, you know that's that, man. Just still on the grind, striving the grind, and trying to be a better human, better father, better husband, better friend, leader, everything, teacher,
1: student, all that well Dewan Owens it's always a pleasure having you in the studio folks if you want to support Dewan's uh, work in Uganda you can go to generosity.com search for Fighting for Uganda you can also check it out on our Facebook page uh, we will post a link to that um, it's just a real pleasure having you back in the studio thank man. you
0: thank you one I want to say look one thank everyone for listening thanks everybody uh, in the, the I, I think the, the MMA community specifically the Jiu-Jitsu community in the area is so strong shout out to all my teammates at Elevate MMA um, um, Elevate MMA is the first MMA school in the area we got a lot of judicial schools that do mma so um you know i i wish elevate was around when i was coming up in the game because i always had to kind of cater a lot of things i like, don't oh, go here for this fight and go here for this go here for that you see what i'm saying so shout out to my man uh cody he's doing his thing um shout out to you know my team hoist family uh i remember <laughs> bagels kind of like oh yeah he's representing everybody because that when i went to the thing i, I you know i was saying listen i I came up at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, is now defunct, but uh, Triangle and Soma. but Triangle Jiu-Jitsu is a big part of my, my, my development. And the reason I say Team Hoist, every single Team Hoist school in the area has, the, 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 the teacher instructor there has helped me, you know what I'm saying, at some point or taught me. Billy belted me. You know what I mean? Roy, man, I can I go on all day. I mean, this, is, this is my man. This is my dude. He's helped so much. Uh, Mozzie, come on. You know what I mean? Not only is he, you know, a good dude, one of the best. We gotta have a contest. And We gotta, guys, we gotta have a a, a a poll. You know, who? I told you about the best dude <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, guys, we use Jeff as a barometer for like how good of a dude someone is. Like, is he? Is he? Is he? Is he Jeff good or you know Boomer good? Like so, so. But but Mozzie, you know, you guys are right here. So we yeah. had to see. I uh, let me stop. So but Mozzie's helped a lot too. Uh, Jason Calbreath. And uh, you know, the guys at uh Ford's Carry Trevor's doing his thing right there. They used to help me a lot when I come home on the weekends and spar. Uh Brandon Garner. So like I said, just team Hoist, man, you know what I mean? Everybody, you know, you can do your thing, but every everybody, every school in this area has helped me develop my uh my martial skill. You know what I mean? So that's why I always say that, just to to, to, to put that out there. Uh, but anyway, you know. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Oh, oh lastly, so the Fighting for the Uganda campaign, uh again. I appreciate the support, everyone. I've got an overwhelming amount of support, especially from the the jujitsu community. You know, which also goes to speak that you know, jujitsu fighters and uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the the martial community really, man. You guys really been been rocking with me heavy on that. Um, any amount is, is good, no matter too small. I think the initial donations were like uh, two hundred, a hundred fifty, fifty. So that seemed kind of like, oh man, the people dropping that much. I don't want. No Look, them them five dollars are good. Those dollars are good. Those twenty dollars are good. You know, I'd rather have somebody put put two, three, four, five on this than spend fifty on a, on a ticket to come see me fight. You know, I, I hate that, that that those tickets are so much, but you know, people have people have done it. Like, oh, I'm gonna support you. You wanna know, support me? You know, then this is this is a a good way to do that. And um, it's not that it's about me, but you know, I really I really appreciate it. You know what I mean? I really appreciate
1: it. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for tie gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu geese or Vale Tudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one four Lotter Road, right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cageside is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian Jiu Jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cageside Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com. So that's the show for the week. One of my favorite things that happens in the show is when we break news without meaning to. And so as you can tell, Dewan has some seriously exciting things planned, both MMA-related and just social justice and change-related. So follow him and support him and go and check out the fights if you can. And go to generosity.com and check out Fighting for Uganda so that if you're in the position to, no donation is too small to help. Thanks for listening. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. I'm Jeff Shaw.